Welcome to The God Solution, where we discuss answers to humanity's questions about God and God's answers for humanity's questions. I'm Nate Herbst, and I'm so glad you're listening. Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. I thought this would be a great opportunity to discuss the importance of fathers, and even more importantly, the father heart of God. But before we start talking, I wanted to begin by telling Eliana and Kara, my two beautiful little girls, how much you mean to me. I've never known as much happiness as I have the last few years of being your father. And Aaron and I love having you in our family, and we thank God every single day that he's brought you into our family. So as I celebrate Father's Day, I am so thankful for the daughters God has given me. And with that being said, I'm so thankful for the wife that has been my partner in this whole process. Thank you, Aaron, for being the most wonderful wife and mom around. And you, too, make Father's Day unbelievably awesome. So thank you, Aaron, Eliana, and Kara. And for all you dads out there, I want to say again, Happy Father's Day. I'm so glad you're listening. Well, what does our society think about dads? We've all seen the different societal descriptions of fathers that seem prevalent in the different media today. Society has a messed up perspective of dads and what it means to be a dad. Whether it's Al Bundy or Tony Soprano or Homer Simpson, those are just a few examples of the incompetent, negligent, and bad dads common in today's TV and movies. A notable exception in the entertainment industry was Russell Crowe playing James Braddock in Cinderella Man. It was a phenomenal movie. I would suggest it to anyone that's listening. And they did a really good job of portraying a genuinely awesome father and awesome husband. That was kind of a rare exception. Usually what we see on TV or in movies today is the flat-out opposite. We see a lot of dads that can barely tie their shoes, that don't know how to respect their wives, that don't know how to be there for their kids. It's a pretty terrible picture. Not the right picture at all. And so I wanted to talk about what it means to be a dad and what it is that we're celebrating today on Father's Day. As we think about bad examples of fathers, I wanted to talk about a good example of a father. President Obama isn't necessarily my biggest hero. I'm not the greatest fan of President Obama. But I do believe, and I believe strongly, that we should always give credit where credit is due. And President Obama has both spoken toughly on this topic, and he's modeled a great example of what it means to be a good dad and a good husband, as far as we can tell. I want to read a quote that Obama shared a couple of years back about fathers and what it means to be a father. And he actually shared this quote on Father's Day. President Obama said, Responsibility doesn't just end at conception. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. There's a hole in your heart if you don't have a male figure in the home that can guide you and lead you and set a good example for you. What makes you a man is not the ability to have a child. Any fool can have a child. That doesn't make you a father. It's the courage to raise a child that makes you a father. Great words from President Obama. So let's give credit where it's due. And I'm really thankful for the way that President Obama loves Michelle, Sasha, and Malia. So what about the importance of fathers? We've kind of talked a little bit about the way society views fathers. You'd think, if you were just observing society and all the different media, that fathers aren't that important. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, here are some statistics that will probably blow your mind. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of homeless children and runaways come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 85% of children with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 85% of youths in prison come from fatherless homes. 
Teenage pregnancy is more than twice as likely in fatherless homes, and girls are almost three times more likely to become single parents if they grow up in single-parent homes. So we really get the picture, and those are just a few stats, that if a dad is not in the home, bad things happen. And that kind of makes a lot of sense, because there's a whole lot that kids need to see in their father, and they need to have the support of a father rather than the abuse of a father. They need to have the encouragement of a father rather than the criticism of a father. And they need to have the presence of a father rather than his absence. So fathers are extremely important in the home, yet our society seems to devalue them and almost treat them as if they were irrelevant or unnecessary. Think of all the social issues that would be completely resolved if dads would just step up and be the dads that we're supposed to be if we would, frankly, take President Obama's advice. Abortion, abuse, bullying, poverty, violence, and many other issues would be dramatically impacted, if not completely resolved. I'm reminded of the Ad Council PSAs, which ask, have you been a dad today? I'm sure you've heard those if you've listened to the radio for any time at all. But they ask, have you been a dad today? And it's a good encouragement to all of us dads when we hear those to remember, yeah, I should be being a dad today. So if you're a dad, your kids need you. I wish you all the best as you strive to be the dad that they need. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And for those of you that struggle with being that dad, God is there to help you with that as well. We're going to talk a lot about the father heart of God today and who God is and how he is our true father. But before we get there, I want you to know that if you struggle with being a dad, if it's hard for you to be that dad that you know you need to be, Run to him for help because God says he will help you to be that dad. My prayer is what scripture promises when it says, He, God, will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. I pray that that would be a reality in your family, that God would turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. So as we celebrate Father's Day today, I wanted to start by saying, you can be the dad that God made you to be. That is totally possible. And if you're already there, I am so glad that you're being an example to the next generation of what it means to love your kids and to be there for them and to support them and to encourage them and to help them along the way and to teach them what it really means to be a loving man and a loving dad. So there have been numerous fathers that have impacted my life And most prominent on that list, of course, is my father, my dad. Dad, if you're listening today, thank you for modeling for me what it meant to be humble, to have a relationship with God, to love your children, to follow God in ministry, to always have fun with us. Dad, you are an example of all those different things. I thank God for the ways that you spent time with Dave and Alex and I, when you took us fishing, when you played catch in the backyard, when you moved our family around the world to follow God, even though it wasn't easy. I think we had the most diverse and culturally rich background and upbringing imaginable. We got to see so many different countries and so many different languages and so many different ways of life. And all that was a result of your willingness to take a step of faith, to follow God, and to go wherever he led. And it was the greatest upbringing a kid could ever ask for. So, Dad, if you're listening today, and you better be, I really want to thank you for the way that you were such a good dad to me and continue to be that today and the way you continue to encourage me to be the dad that God has called me to be for my girls. And on that note, Dad, you're a great-grandfather as well. You're a great-granddad. Thanks for being such a great-granddad 
to my girls. When I came to Fort Lewis College back in 1998 as a freshman, one of the first people I met was Russ Aikens. Russ leads Master Plan Ministries here in Durango, Colorado. I'm now on staff with Russ here in Durango. And at that time, Russ kind of took me under his wing and encouraged me and helped me grow with God here at school. He modeled for me what it meant to trust God and to walk by faith, regardless of how I felt, regardless of the circumstances, and to really trust God and do what he called me to do, no matter what was going on around me. I saw some of the greatest examples in Russ of trusting God and obeying God that I've ever seen in my life, and he continues to model that for me today. Russ, your hard work up at the ranch at the Great Commission Training Center has not gone unnoticed. I am so thankful for the way that you've been a man of integrity, a man of hard work, a man of conviction, and a man of influence. You've truly influenced thousands of people for Christ, and you've been a great example for me. My grandfather was another great example of a dad to me. I hope you're listening, Grandpa. You've been a great example of common sense and wisdom, of just practical common sense. Whenever there's an issue that I'm wondering about, I always want to talk to my grandfather because he always has great answers. My father-in-law, Roger, has been a great example of some of those same areas, those practical life skills, and you've supported me. Even when I wanted to take your daughter and leave our jobs and go into full-time ministry where we didn't have such a secure financial future necessarily, and you freed us up. You said, go for it. You said, trust God, and you supported us all along the way. Thank you so much, Roger, for being such a great father-in-law. Pastor Dwight Saunders of the River Church. Pastor Dwight, you've been my pastor for the past seven years. And you've truly exemplified integrity, sincerity, and passion in life, marriage, parenting, and ministry. You've been a phenomenal example to me of what it means to be a dad and to love his kids. And I remember a couple years back when Aaron and I were thinking about having kids, I asked you if you would help me along the way, if you would continue to keep me accountable and to encourage me as I entered this new time frame in my life. And you've been there for me when I had questions and hardships and when I needed to talk. And I thank you so much for that. Thank you for your example. And thank you also for your example of adoption. For all of you that don't know Pastor Dwight out there, Pastor Dwight has 10 kids and another on the way. Three of those are biological, the rest are adopted. And Pastor Dwight and his wife Lynn have adopted from all over the world. And not just children that would be easy to adopt, but children with special needs. And they've showed Christ's love, the same Father heart of God that we're going to talk about this morning. They've shown that through their actions by adopting and encouraging those around them to adopt also. Thank you for that example, Pastor Dwight and Lynn. A few teachers that have helped me become the man that I am today are John Ray and Ed Daly. Both of those men gave me examples of integrity, patience, and encouragement at a critical age in my life. They modeled some of those key fatherly characteristics that so few teenage boys get to see. And both John Ray and Ed Daly modeled those things for me in a way that I could see them and where I really saw what it means to be a man and where I really saw what it means to treat women with respect and to treat children with respect and to treat all those around me with the same love that God gives me. Thank you, John and Ed. I wanted to close out this little section about talking about some of the fathers that have influenced my life. 
by talking about some pastors that have influenced my life. These are pastors that encouraged me when I was in my teenage years, years that are so formative and where it's so necessary to have one of those good fatherly examples. Tom Ray, Chuck Perry, Mark Minicello, Scott Stanek, and Norm Schultz were all men that showed me what it was to be a man that loved God and to be a man that walked in a godly way and that treated others around him with love and respect. So thanks a ton, Dad, Russ, Grandpa, Roger, Dwight, John, Ed, Tom, Chuck, Mark, Scott, and Norm. You've all impacted my life more than you will ever know. And I am so thankful for the investment that you made in my life. So what about you? I hope you've had some men in your life that showed you what it means to be the man that God's called you to be, that showed you what it means to walk as a father the way we're called to be fathers. I really hope you've had those, and I hope you're being those to the next generation, to those under you. Floyd McClung writes in The Father Heart of God that no one has ever rejected God, just false impressions of him. Did you get that? No one has ever rejected God, just false impressions of God. That is so true. If we really knew the true and genuine love of our Father God and the way he truly is greater than any human father could ever be, there would be no way that we would ever reject such love. What happens is we often reject a false impression of God. We can tend to associate God with our earthly fathers, for better or for worse. For some of you, you've had a great relationship with your dad. And it's easy for you to see God as your father because you already have a great relationship with your father, so it's not a stretch to also have a great relationship with your father God. But for very many people, and I can't stress this enough, in college ministry I talk to students every single year, and I would say almost more students than not have terrible relationships with their dads. And they oftentimes project their dad's negative characteristics onto God. If my dad was cruel, then God must be cruel. If my dad was unforgiving, God must be unforgiving. If my dad was mean, then God must be mean. If my dad was lazy, then God must be lazy. If my dad didn't love me, then God must not love me. If my dad punished me, then God will probably punish me. You get the picture? A lot of people tend to see God the way they see their earthly father. So they associate God with their earthly father for better or for worse. And oftentimes, again, it's for worse. Their histories, backgrounds, and experiences with their fathers here on earth make it hard, if not impossible, for them to comprehend who God is and how God could love them with a true, sincere, humble, gentle, and loving fatherly love. If that's who you are, if you're coming to this show today thinking, yeah, I had a terrible dad and it's hard for me to see God as my dad and I've heard this so many times again, it's unbelievable. So I know a lot of you out there probably think thoughts like that. I want to leave you with what Scripture says. Scripture says that God is a father to the fatherless. So as you're listening today, whether your father truly was absent or gone or out of the picture, whether by death or by choice, if you feel like you're fatherless, God is a father to the fatherless. God is not like your dad. God is perfect even when your dad was not. God is loving even when your dad was not. God is forgiving even when your dad was not. God is compassionate even when your dad was not. 
God is caring even when your dad was not. God respects you even if your dad did not. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The God Solution, 91.9 and 93.9 FM here in Durango and KDUR.org online. And we're talking about fathers. It's Father's Day. If you're a father, happy Father's Day. I'm so glad you're listening. We're talking both about what it means to be a dad and what our experiences have been with our dads and what it means to know God as our father and what God's father heart really is. Thanks so much for listening. I'm glad you're tuned in. So who is our father God? What does it mean when we say that God is our father? Well, I want to look at some of the characteristics that we would call the fatherly characteristics of God. Because a lot of these, like we've been talking about, are very different than what we've seen in earthly fathers. So how is God different? What are the characteristics that make God a perfect father? Well, God, as your father, is compassionate. The Bible tells us that as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So God is compassionate with you. He is gentle with you. He is kind towards you. He is compassionate. Even when you didn't see that in an earthly father, your father God is always compassionate with you. He's also patient. Most dads are not known for their patience. They're known for blowing up and fits of anger and wrath, screaming, or even doing violence to their children. Those are not good things. Those are terrible. Again, if you've experienced that, I feel so sorry for you as I sit here and talk this morning. I want you to know that God is not that way. He is patient. The Bible tells us that he is patient with us. That's unbelievable. The God of this universe is patient with us. That means when you don't measure up to your expectations, and especially when you don't measure up to God's expectations, he is patient with you. That same verse continues that he doesn't want any to perish, but he wants everyone to come to know him. So he is patient with us. The Bible tells us that God rescues and protects those that acknowledge him. A lot of times on this earth, people have had dads that never rescued them and never protected them, and maybe even did them harm. Well, God is not that way. God rescues and protects you. He is there waiting to rescue you and protect you, even right now. Whatever situation you're in, whatever circumstances you're in, as you run to him today, he is waiting to rescue you and protect you. The Bible tells us that God provides for our needs. That is awesome, especially in this economy where the news seems to get worse and worse every single day. It's been a long time since there was good economic news. And I know if you're like me, you've definitely faced some economic crunches lately. Well, I want to let you know that God is your provider. Your job is not your provider. Your bank account is not your provider. But God literally is your provider. All those other things could dry up instantly. My job could be gone instantly. But God is our provider. God promises in his word that as we trust in him, he will provide for our needs. God is forgiving. Many earthly dads are not forgiving. God, however, is forgiving. The Bible tells us that God forgives all our sins. As we trust in him, he forgives all our sins. God disciplines us when we sin. That's another fatherly characteristic of God. But he doesn't do it out of anger or wrath, but he does it with our best interest in mind. The Bible literally says, the Lord disciplines those he loves 
and that discipline produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So God is not interested in punishing his children just for the sake of punishing, but he literally disciplines us for our own good to produce a harvest of righteousness and peace in each of our lives. The Bible tells us that God helps us and blesses us. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you. He was never there to help you. But God is there to help you and to bless you. Not to use you, but to help you and to bless you. The Bible tells us that God teaches us, encourages us, and comforts us. If my trust is in him, he will teach me, encourage me, and comfort me as his child. God sacrificially serves us. So many dads are known for neglecting their children or being absent from the family or spending their own money their own way without regard for their family's needs. Not so with God. God himself came in the man, Jesus Christ, to serve and not to be served. So God is completely committed to sacrificially serving his children. And the one characteristic of God that makes him the epitome of what a father should be and is, is love. We all yearn for a loving father, and some of us have had a loving father. Whether you've had one or not, God is a loving father to you. The Bible says love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. The Bible also tells us that God is love. So wherever we just read love, you could substitute God to get a good picture of the father heart of God and how God really treats each of his children. You could read it this way. God is patient. God is kind, God does not envy, God does not boast, God is not proud, God is not rude, God is not self-seeking, God is not easily angered, God keeps no record of wrongs, God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, God always protects, God always trusts, God always hopes, God always perseveres, and God never fails. If your dad failed you, you can rest assured, God will not fail you. He is a perfect father, and like we mentioned before, he is a father to the fatherless, a perfect father for those that have not had a true father. Recapping the fatherly characteristics of God, God is compassionate with us, God is patient with us, God rescues and protects us, God provides for our needs, God forgives all of our sins, God disciplines us for our own good so that we can grow, and he does that gently and with patience. God helps us and blesses us. God teaches, encourages, and comforts us. God sacrificially serves us, and God loves us. Those are some of the fatherly characteristics of God. So as we're talking this morning, if you've never had that father-son or father-daughter relationship with God, I want you to know that that is possible right now. You don't have to go on any longer without a father. You can have a relationship with Father God this very morning. The Bible says that God created you for a relationship with him, and he loves you intimately. 
In fact, the Bible tells us that his thoughts for you outnumber the sand of the seas. So he thinks about you constantly, every second of every day. He is thinking about you individually. He's a father that passionately loves his children and a father that passionately loves you. There is a problem with that. We're sinful. We're separated from him. Sin always separates relationships. And whereas your father on this earth was not perfect, your father in heaven is perfect. And a perfect God cannot have a relationship with an imperfect person. It's impossible. It's logically not going to happen. So my sin, my selfishness, going my own way, has kept me from a relationship with God. The Bible tells us that God became a man in the man Jesus Christ and walked on this earth and lived a perfect life like no one else has ever lived. And he did that so that he could go to the cross and die on that cross, taking all of my sin, everything that made me imperfect, all of my selfishness on himself on that cross, dying and paying for all my sin so that I wouldn't have to. He rose again on the third day and conquered death for you and for me so that we could live for all of eternity with him. That's the promise he gives to all those that follow him. But in that, he also, taking all of our sins upon himself, made a way for each of us to have a father-son and father-daughter, a father-child relationship with the God of the universe. The Bible tells us that to anyone who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, it's not just enough to believe that God exists or to believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Those things are very true. But it also requires what the Bible calls receiving Christ to become his child. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears me knocking and opens the door, I'll come into him, and we will share a meal as friends. That's what we're talking about today. It's coming to the point where you realize, I am imperfect and I desperately need God's forgiveness, and I desire to have that father-son, that father-daughter relationship with the God of the universe. So God, I receive you. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. And the second you start that relationship with God, God says that he adopts you into his family. You become an adopted child of God. Every believer in the history of Christianity that has put their trust in Christ was adopted into his family, into God's very family. And the Bible tells us that all of his children can have a relationship with him in which they say to him, Abba, Father. The word Abba comes from the Aramaic. And it was a unique word that was not used in common language. Rather, it was the word that a child would use for his father. Kind of the English version of Abba would be Daddy. So it's not just saying kind of in an emotionally detached way, God is my father. But it's being able to run to God and say, Daddy, Daddy, I love you. That's the intimate father-child relationship that God offers to all those that will trust in him. That same passage continues saying that the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Phenomenal. We can be children of God simply by putting our trust in God, in the God of this universe, and allowing him to become our father. I truly hope that you'll begin that father-child relationship with the God of the universe today. He really is your father, and he really loves you with an unconditional love. 
No matter where you're at today, even if you're running as hard as you can away from him, he loves you and he desires to have that father-child relationship with you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show today. I've sure enjoyed being here with you. And if you'd like to get all of our previous shows, you can find them at eternityimpact.blogspot.com. That's eternityimpact.blogspot.com. You could also leave us some comments or questions or topics that you'd like discussed on future shows. So please visit eternityimpact.blogspot.com and let us know what you think of the show. I'd also like to invite you to church this morning. Whether you've been to church all your life or you've never been before, I would encourage you to check out Spiritual Life Church. So if you've never been to Spiritual Life Church, please check them out. They meet at the Seventh-day Adventist Church located at 1775 Florida Road. That's on the north end of Florida Road as you're heading out of town towards Lemon. On the left-hand side, a big, beautiful rock building. And Spiritual Life will be meeting there this morning at 10.30 a.m. So I hope you get a chance to stop by at 10.30 a.m. and visit with them. If you do, tell Paul that I say hi. Well, once again, before we leave, if you're a father and you're listening, thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. And to all you out there, thanks so much for listening. Happy Father's Day!